Hello and welcome to the TOVG podcast, the number one baby Rosalina fan cast on the net. We are here to entertain you, inform you, and excite you in ways that might get kind of weird. My name is George Weedman, and I have a few shocking, controversial topics to talk about with some shocking, controversial friends of mine. <laughs> As always, I have Jimmy here with me by my side. Why don't you say hi, Jimmy? How's it going, everybody? Uh, my name is Jimmy. You may also know me as Sunder on YouTube or on TOVG or on the TOVG forums. It's good to see you all and speak to you all today. With him and I is Satchel. Hello, friends. My name is Satchel like a bag drakes. <laughs> and with the three of us is Kite Tails appearing for the very first time. Hey, guys. Ooh. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on and, and joining us. It's especially fortunate that we have Kite Tales on this week, because that means we can continue on our tangent from last week about about the character, the value of the character of baby Rosalina, because Kite Tales, judging by the content and the quality of the content on your YouTube channel, you seem to be a uh, connoisseur of cuteness. Would you say that's correct? I'd say that's very correct. I love cute <laughs> things. And is baby Rosalina, does she effectively exude cuteness to you? You are an authority on the topic, after all. On a scale of 0 to 10 on would I pinch a baby's cheeks, it's probably a 15. Oh, God. Really? It's that <laughs> She's super adorable. I mean, compared huh. to all the other babies we've had, you know. Wait, but I haven't had any babies. The other Mario babies. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I, I didn't even know this was a thing. Like, they, they're turning... <laughs> babies princesses into babies in mario games and that totally like eluded me until this baby rosalina out outlet and <laughs> yeah. it, it just it just seems really weird to me i've talked to some friends who think it's cute who have said that they are now able to get their little nieces and and tiny daughters into the game that they weren't able to before but i've also talked to other friends who have just been telling me that i'm thinking about it too hard but i wasn't thinking about it too hard my literal first <laughs> gut reaction was that's freaking weird <laughs> yeah, I'm not exactly sure who they're trying to appeal to with it. Possibly parents uh, to bring out their nurturing side in them. I mean, I, that's I true. Know. That's interesting. Huh. I don't know. I, I guess for me, it's just been kind of like an like a no brainer, I suppose, just because like baby Mario and baby Luigi were in Double Dash, and that was just like that was the first time they were in like a non. That, I, didn't I think know that was that. the first time they were in a game that wasn't like Yoshi's Island. Wow. And yeah. so it was just like, oh yeah, these are characters that I've seen before in an old game, and they like had fun mechanics and they were like fun to play as and they just made sense so i guess turning the princesses into babies doesn't really come off as like obtuse to me but i don't know i, I guess it's also like on top of rosalina herself i mean of all the mario princesses she's probably she's the one who came in the latest she uh compared to the others kind of kind of has a thing going on with the short hair and the short skin feature. I don't know. That that's that <laughs> makes it a little weirder. But it's also a racing game. And right. and you have this baby like skidding along against against hard pavement. It I don't know how fast Mario Kart's go. Like they they look like they're pushing 50. And that's that's not safe for a, for a, for an infant. Hey, you should pitch that to uh to MatPat for a game theory. How fast do Mario Kart's go? Actually, well, that's pretty oh, good. that'd be interesting. To be, it, to be fair, <laughs> if, if Toadstool gets a cart, some babies can get a cart. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And it's probably surprisingly easy to, to measure the speed of a Mario Kart because there are some levels that take place in surprisingly realistically proportioned <laughs> areas. <laughs> I suppose that's true. And that's also long, weirded me out. I'm oh, sorry. How long do you think before we get uh, Baby Toad? 
Is Toad already a baby? Oh, oh my god! Baby I couldn't. That would be too much. <laughs> no, that's He's, yeah. Yeah, but then you. That's that's too cute. It would <laughs> just be an inanimate mushroom at that point. <laughs> Yeah, like, it would like, just be like just like a regular Mario like yeah, power up mushroom. Spore. Yeah, <laughs> a spore. Yeah, a spore. But that's the thing. You now have to think about the life cycle of a toad. Why are oh, they gosh. called toads again? I have no Toadstool. idea. We just oh, accepted I guess. I mean, it's it's the Mushroom Kingdom and Princess Peach Toadstool yeah. is her name. And, and even though know. it is the Mushroom Kingdom and it's like all unrealistic and fantasy and stuff, there's some Mario Kart levels where you're like on an actual highway with giant yeah. semi trucks. Right. right. Yes. That's yes, always weird to drive into vehicles. It's so funny to think about. Yeah, and it's it's, it's so really out of, out it's, of place. it's completely out of place. All of a sudden you're seeing something completely surreal <laughs> that should not exist in the world, existing in the world. You have to question, is is Mario <laughs> on a crazy mushroom trip or is it us? That's true. Mm. I've never thought about that until now. Well, I mean, I think you can just count any uh, any vacation to the Mushroom Kingdom as a mushroom trip, can't you? Yeah, we are technically correct. Yeah, okay, Wait okay, a second. Okay. Hang on. <laughs> we were going to talk about the news. No. Yeah, we just got into some Maybe? existential territory right there. Well, you started off with the Rosalina. Uh, anyways, thing. anyways. Yeah, I'm, news. Let me let me get on, on track. These these podcasts, they have themes to them. Every week we try to uh, try to find a theme that the news stories of that week fit. And <clears throat> this week's theme is crowdfunding conundrums. We are going to be dun, confused, dun. confounded, and frazzled about crowdfunding. And uh, the reason why is because a whole lot of interesting news stories have been developing over this week that kind of... Uh, question the ethical practices of crowdfunding a video game. Yeah, yeah. And um, there are other similar ventures like crowd developing a video game that have been announced this week with a new Unreal Tournament. That's how uh, mm-hmm. that's going to get done. But earlier, even before that, another big studio announced that they were getting the fans involved in the development of their game. And that big studio was Harmonix. They were announcing a new Amplitude game. Do you guys remember Amplitude? I yes, have indeed. never heard of Amplitude. No, uh, I hadn't heard about it until now. Oh, uh, it was so cool. Well, what, Frequency yeah. and Amplitude were the name of two early PS2 games. Do you remember Frequency? Yes. No. I first no. played it on uh. a official U.S. PlayStation Magazine demo and then went out and bought it. Oh, my God. Me Damn. too. I can't believe and it. The what? only travesty was I wish there was some way I could export it to my computer, but, you know. It wasn't bad. It was a pretty pretty awesome game. It was um a very musical-driven well, of course, it was a music game, and you can see a lot right. of Guitar Hero in it. Like you're flying through mm-hmm. an abstract track with notes that you tapped with your um, with your controller pad instead of with the big plastic peripheral. And there were some parts uh-huh. where you like actually scratched like a record disc, but with the um, with the with the sticks instead. And it it did it in a way that gave you some really entertaining tactile feedback. Where, uh-huh. where the scratches kind of sort of made sense with the beat of the music that they were choosing. And anyways, mm. I guess um, the actual news is that they're making a new one. So Satchel and I are like, yay. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> I'm looking looking at a video of it right now. It kind of seems like if Guitar Hero, if like Audio Surf went more Guitar Hero-y. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah, it, it basically, I I don't know. It's more complicated than this, but I will describe it as... 
Guitar Hero with a regular old normal person controller <laughs> instead of with the guitar. <laughs> normal right. person. Right. That, that's the general setup of the game. And, and I, for one, thought it worked really well. It was like this cult classic. It was one of the early hits on the PS2. Like they gave it out in yeah. demo discs to kind of um, entice people to the potential of this scary new platform back in like 2001. But uh, now they're crowdfunding the new one. And the reason why mm-hmm. that's interesting is because Harmonix is a well-developed publisher. Like these right. guys made guitar hero and and also rock band and i mean later on they kind of lost control of those franchises <laughs> and same thing with um is it is it dance central yeah they're behind that too some really really big name um franchises in music gaming and and you think that that experience and that chutzpah would carry over to a point where they don't need to crowdfund something that is a sequel to a cult classic ip but they're doing it and a lot of people are questioning the how justifiable that may be as evidenced um, by their massive S- FAQ section oh boy that the I one thing that stood out to me because the first thing was what is what is a the, the question was why does a company like Harmonix need to use Kickstarter to fund a game and they said their simply stated answer was amplitude is a passion project and to me when i think of a passion project i kind of get the idea that it's something you you have to sacrifice your time for, you will see to the end regardless of whether or not you have the funding for it. So I'm not sure if that's like a proper description for them to call it. Chroma is a passion project. (laughs) Amplitude is a sequel. I guess I see what you're saying there. Uh, Just because like, especially also for like, this is not like, you know, one guy in his house, like making a game. This is like, this is like a full blown company. But at the same time, I think I can see the reasoning behind kickstarting it just because of like, look how how non-important the music game industry is now. Like, Mm -hmm. Ah. go back, go back a few years ago and Rock Band 2 was in everybody's house. Like you would you can't go to a house without being like, oh, yeah, Rock Band. Cool. Let's play. Like everybody had Rock Band. Everybody had Guitar Hero to an extent, like one of them, if anything. And it's just not like that anymore. Like I don't think I've touched my copy of Rock Band in maybe over a year. But what about dancing like, games? I suppose, oh, but like this, I don't know. I actually maybe I just see like has anyone I, played Raymond Legends? Oh, oh yeah, my gosh, I, yes, I, those levels the were tracks. amazing. Yes, my favorite I loved ones. Those. Dude, I, thought I have that the was tiger brilliant. get out of town I know. today. <laughs> it's so good. It's like the mariachi style. It's perfect. That was great. Yeah. Okay. It, it well, made you, it encouraged you. Sorry, random tangent. It, it just it encouraged <laughs> you to finish the level yeah. well. Like if you die too many times, you're like, forget about it. We're starting over. This has to sound amazing too. <laughs> yes. It, well, okay. I can see like the dancing games and, uh, and like, like you said, Rayman Legends and all that. Those are like prevalent music games, but... It's but just not specifically not, music games. Well, per but se. it's just not to the same degree that like Guitar Hero Three and Rock Band Two specifically. I think were just like the high points of the music game like rush that happened, and it's dropped off considerably since then. Like it's still around, but I mean like 
I think it's notably less. Okay, yeah, well, definitely. I'm not seeing it right now. I actually went on the top sellers on Amazon, and I also opened uh-huh. up VG charts in a new tab just to see if I could, <laughs> if I could uh, prove a point here, and I can't. But I still want to say that for much of of the last year, um, Just Dance on the Wii, those games were insanely popular. And right, right. I, I don't. I don't think that music games as a genre are going to go anywhere, assuming that companies keep playing with them. And that's what Harmonix does, and that's what they're doing. They're making a music FPS. I don't know if you guys have read about Chroma, but Chroma is a very experimental concept, way more risky than an Amplitude sequel. Yeah. It's uh-huh. and they're not crowdfunding it. They right. are apparently right. are able to do this weird, wacky FPS experiment by themselves, but not a sequel to a well-known, sort of loved old franchise from the previous two generations. I mean, well, again, I like, Kite Tales and I hadn't even heard of Amplitude. No. Okay, when, when um, I say well-loved, I'll say, I'll just leave it at loved. Like, I mean, I'm not saying that the people who played it didn't love it. I'm just saying it's not as big of a thing as... I don't know. I, I feel like it's just a super huge risk to try and put some faith into something that, on the surface, to me, looked like audio surf. Like, especially, I'd, yeah, I, I don't know. it looks like they're going to have an all new soundtrack too. I think part of the allure with Rock Band and the dancing games is that they're songs that people know. Mm, yeah. So you can yes. bring in the non gaming crowd to them. Whereas if you have an all new score, it's yeah. I, I think it's definitely risky. But they got some. Uh, they, act- they, they, they could possibly also run into the issue of needing to ask for significantly more money to invest in an FPS versus a game that they've already developed a few times and have yeah. assets for. Yeah, I suppose that's then true. Why are they asking? Sorry, well, go on. Okay, here to to defend here to to have a little bit of sympathy for the devil. I'm, <laughs> I'm weary of assuming that Guitar Hero and Rock Band money still exists in quite the same caliber than they used to. I mean, if yeah. we're if if we're gonna argue like, well, Harmonics, aren't you rich? Like they, they saw their heyday five years ago, and I'm I'm curious to know how fast that money was. I mean, we don't we don't know just how much depth and s- subsidization, considering the instrument bundles that sat behind the game hitting the shelves. And, and true, and da- Dan Central could have only sold as much as the Connect sold at the end of 360's life cycle, so it's not like oh man, da- Dan Central, <laughs> you you can't buy it unless you own a Connect, and right, not to say right. that the Connect didn't sell, but it having a 360 wasn't enough. I don't know what the installer it, base was, but I'm sure it was drastically smaller than just <laughs> having one console. I mean, that's it. Pretty much was a Connect exclusive. It was a Connect exclusive. Okay, yeah. well, speaking of exclusives, this new Harmonix that they're kickstarting is going to be a PS3 and PS4 exclusive. The speculation is that Sony still has some kind of active series exclusivity deal going on with, with the Amplitude and Frequency games. Hmm. So, if... Why... <sighs> I don't. It's so weird. Like, why wouldn't they make a spiritual successor instead of a sequel if they could get it on more platforms and sell more copies? Yeah, that's kind of what what I was thinking as well. Is why not just do something new instead of doing something where you're going to be limited? Yeah, that's true. Um, just touching on the thing that Satchel was talking about for just a moment, uh, he said, like, you know, how fast did that money go? You also have to take into account that the Rock Band Network, which was where people could, like, put their own songs up on Rock Band for other people to, like, play and purchase and everything. And, like, a lot of bands put full albums on there, like, 
off commission and stuff, that, <laughs> that went is fast. no longer a thing. Yeah. Like, and you, they stopped. <laughs> they stopped the service. I think you could still buy the songs, but like the service of like adding more songs and adding more DLC to Rock Band is just not a thing anymore. And, that, and I feel like that's something to do with the fact that they just didn't have enough money to keep it going because it wasn't paying out as big as people may think. That was such yeah. a hot topic back then too. Like everyone yeah. was going nuts about that. Like I think I could pull out my old bullshit communication studies textbook and and actually read a quote in there speculating on the future of musical distribution as being sold as video games and I, this is the, no that did not happen <laughs> gosh anyways speaking yeah. of um constraining yourselves to old intellectual properties that might not be able to foster as much creative freedom as as uh new ones might Shaq Fu what a 2 segue. got funded. Great. Shaq Fu 2. Shaq Fu 2. Yeah. I, I, this, is, I, this is where we are. Yeah. <laughs> don't don't all applause to. too loud because um I can hear the <laughs> I can hear the enthusiasm in the crowd right now. I mean, yeah, we can make jokes about it, but look at their backer to amount raised ratio. It, it they raised over $400,000. And they uh-huh. didn't even have 1,500 backers. So that's what, like an average of over $300 per backer? Oh, wow. I mean, these that's guys really creepy. want to see the game made. Oh, that's that's yeah. <laughs> what a select crazy. audience, though. Yeah. That's that's so weird, though, because Shaq Fu 2, or I guess Shaq Fu 1, I, it only has nostalgia appeal. It was not, <laughs> it was remembered for being <laughs> a silly novelty that didn't work well and was hilarious to watch happen. Yeah. Not I'm curious yeah. for being a good gave game. Their money purely out of ironic appeal, like bronies. I don't, I don't know. think bronies really <clears throat> exist. I feel like there's ironic appeal. No, I, I, I don't know. It's, I, it's really I, odd. I, I think I've I mean, had a few. The whole thing could be like a ruse too. What if, what if Shaq was like the silent backer and he just yeah. did this to raise some like free public. <laughs> publicity on it what or if, something. What if Shaq split his money into 300 different accounts <laughs> yeah, he to find a sequel to his own game that no one else liked? <laughs> what I mean, Shaq we are is the dire only person who likes Shaq <laughs> But think <laughs> about what you just said. If he did that, we're talking about it right now. Yes, if he didn't yo. do that, if he didn't <laughs> do that, if, okay, if Shaq <laughs> literally is 1,500 accounts on, on Kickstarter funding his own game, then it worked and everybody's talking about it. Because yep. if he didn't, then it'd just be a silent production and then suddenly it'd be like, Shaq Fu 2 is out. And everybody'd be like, okay. It's, I don't it's, know. And? I mean, just look at some of the donor ranks, though. Who can afford a $35,000 prize <laughs> oh, to have geez. Shaq come DJ at your party? Did someone Shaq can get afford that? Shaq. Like, it's it, it just screams, Shaq. Did someone get that? Inquiring minds want to know. How, how funny too. would it be? I'm looking if, it up. How funny would it be if Shaq reveals that he is all of the backers for this and then DJs at his own party that he paid himself to DJ at? I would have oh my God. respect for him. I want that. Someone, someone you know, in the world who is a living that. human being that breathes the same air as the rest of us yeah. spent $20,000 to have dinner with Shaq and fund his new game. It just... It's I am so suspicious. gone. Someone did it. Oh my god. <laughs> Someone so did the, the DJ Shaq. $35,000. I'm telling you, it just it doesn't seem right. They could have put their kid through a year of college. <laughs> I mean... I know. Granted, if somebody's dropping twenty to thirty-five thousand dollars, you have to assume that that's not their life savings and that they have yeah. that to, th- to throw away. So maybe like, they what just if it's don't care about the game. Guy. They just really, really, really love Shaq. It's either or, or like something like true. that, or like they are like a millionaire who like 
remembered that from like one Christmas when they grew up and they were like, how funny is that? I feel like anyone who's loved Shaq that much had enough time to grow into an adult and get over it. Like, that's an, I don't, I'm, I don't know. Like, maybe that's crossing some lines, but damn, come on. Roasted. Like, I met him when I was a kid. Oh, really? That's pretty awesome. Wow. Yeah, my brother and I, my parents took us to a Home Depot. I'm not sure if they have that where you guys are from. <laughs> yes, oh, they yeah. do. Oh, I'm not sure, but he was outside signing basketballs and we both screamed and ran away. <laughs> he so, screamed um, and ran away. I know, so, it's terrible. <laughs> But so, a- Kite Tales, can I take this as your confession that you are the $35,000 donor? <laughs> I wasn't going to bring this up, but <laughs> I you really want to make amends for hurting his feelings. <laughs> you had better invite all of TOVG to that party because I want to see Shaq DJ. I'm pretty sure it, it says I can bring up to six friends. So, yeah, you guys are definitely included. You better not six be splitting the a party? Bill. Yes. That's a party that is for a me. a private That's, party. As an introvert, that is a big party for me. <laughs> Oh, I'm God. just saying, if Shaq is DJing and you're paying him, you better be able to pick how know. many people you I want know. there. That's being true. realistic, <laughs> like being a reasonable human being who uh, who expects highly out of my fellow man I, right. and woman, I, <laughs> Thank you. I think that the only thing I can, um, I can imagine happening here is either just some some rich guy who doesn't care going, ah, I'll spend $35 on Shaq because he can, right. or it's Shaq himself. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the only realistic explanation. Yeah. He's actually, he's a really cool guy from the stories I've heard, so I wouldn't be surprised if this is all just some sort of thing to get people talking about it, because where else is he, you know, going to get the comments rolling? I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know. It just, well, I, I just feel like with 1,500 backers, today, it doesn't seem like there's any... tonight, Shaq, just words you'll never hear. Gosh. <laughs> I feel like there's no real interest to the game. So even if it's funded, even if it com- like comes out and like when it comes out, I don't think anybody's going to care, even nope. with this hype. Like, yeah. there's no way that, um, well, I don't know. Let, let me look up real quick who's the uh, studio behind the actual game development. But Shaq Fu 2 was not known for, <laughs> for being <laughs> a very balanced, very uh, replayable fighting game. I don't game. know if it'll make an appearance at Evo. That's all and, I'm saying. But <laughs> somehow I have a feeling that these stretch goals are going to kind of muck up the uh, the delicate competitive balance of Shaq-Fu 2. Um, delicate yeah. competitive Yeah, yeah. Balance. Check this out. $150 mocap your signature moves into the game. $150 oh, yeah, record your own voiceover. $500 is a stretch goal. You pay $500 and you can submit your beats, samples, song ideas, and vocals to the game. Oh, yep. nice. So you can pay to work for them. $6,500. <laughs> oh, yeah. what that is. Essentially, no, stretch goal. Exactly stretch that goal. Yeah, that's their stretch goal. Listen, no, but an, wait for an, it. An actual stretch goal for the Shaq Fu 2 Indiegogo campaign was $6,500 to, quote, work as a concept artist. <laughs> work as a concept artist. Nice. Yes. <laughs> Oh literally, God. literally something that doesn't pay enough as it is. I know. <laughs> why would you pay to be that? Also, why would you pay to be that for a basketball-themed fighting, fighting game? Two people did. Dude, but your resume. I know. That's the crazy thing about it. Two people Dad, did it. Resume. I know. Yeah, you want to be known as the guy who paid sixty-five hundred dollars <laughs> to wait, hone your professional career. Wait. What if it's just if it's just Shaq, like we were, like we were talking about? He paid 
that $6,500 twice and just hired two guys to be his concept artists. And make, it's just like an actual, like, like just like a job. That makes more sense than the pitch. Like, that literally is more okay it, it than what what is actually on the page. It's very weird. It's very uh, weird. It's so weird. It is incredibly weird. You know, you know what is kind of a scary thought, though? is the hype around this game of like it being similar to like E.T. and how like bad and notorious it is. When this comes out, if it comes out, if all this like works, can you imagine when PewDiePie and Markiplier and Tobuscus and all of them get their hands on it and you start seeing the four to five million views on each of those videos? When you combine their star power with Shaq's star power, the world (laughs) will go supernova. Unlimited turbo on NBA Jam. it can't I mean, last. Like, like you said, it's probably not going to show up at Evo, but what does that matter when they're going to sell like a gazillion copies in the short term? I don't know. Like people, yeah, if, it's, yeah. if LTRs latch onto it, it'll sell a lot. And if, um, yeah. if Shaq advertises enough, it'll sell a lot. Work. But, but actual work. people who know what Shaq Fu 2 or yeah, actual people who know what Shaq Fu 2 is and don't even have to know the first game have been like following this, this shit storm long enough to, to get a bit <laughs> apprehensive. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's a mess, is what it is. It's interesting. Speaking it's an of interesting messes. Mess. <laughs> oh, sorry. Beautiful I think segue. you were also saying something really interesting about messes that uh that I might be interested in hearing. Um, yes, I was, and that is that Earth Year Twenty Sixty Six has been removed from Steam. <laughs> How did you know? I was also about to talk about that. <laughs> I mean, we just we're just on similar wavelengths, George. That's why uh, that's why we run this podcast, and that's why we do it so well. Because me and you, Sunder, we are like this. We're the guys. We're like we're this. Earth Year Twenty Six Six is a game that looks like a mess. It has been removed from Steam, and its buyers have been refunded. The only game in recent memory that I think that has happened to since the War Z, which is now back on Steam as Infestation Survival Story. So apparently, getting kicked off Steam doesn't matter that much. Um, <laughs> if you have your foot in the door, I think you could just get back in whenever you want. Yeah, and this this isn't a Kickstarter or an Indiegogo campaign. This is an this early access game. Oh. oh yeah, we're, we're getting to the that. The problem with it was that the guys kind of made this fake-looking game um, Everything. with very minimal resources and stole screenshots and video footage and said it was from their game, and it wasn't. Yeah, Didn't they go used, into it planning it, it was a scam? He used images that fairly easily come up on Google Image Search as the concept art on the Steam page for this oh, game. No. He used a, a pre, prefab assets that you can buy Great. when purchasing Unity to make the game out of. And the map no. is just like a bland flat plane of, So it's a senior thesis. Rolling Hills. Oh, no, that's such a good analogy. No, you're, you're, uh, you're hyping it up too much. It's not. It's, it's like... It's like a, a high school group project. See, we're one here guy at the TOBG podcast. We can play devil's advocate for harmonics and shack, but when it comes to Earth Year twenty sixty six, we tear it to shreds. Yeah, yeah. No and I don't know. Like, that. it's it's not fair for us to have any of us played it. <laughs> I haven't even no. heard of it until you brought it up just now. Until I brought it up just I now. Heard That's about right. It that you brought it. Okay. Well. It was popular for like a few days last week for being really bad. Jimquisition did a really popular episode of it that probably contributed to uh-huh. it getting removed off the Steam page. But right. I mean, I guess I could could send you guys some screenshots or link to the story. But um, 
Actually, let me just describe what comes up when I Google image search for Earth 26. Oh, you know, I'll do that right. I'll do yeah. that with you. I'm imagine, interested. imagine if you will, a world where grass has no shadows. The viewers are going to have to do this too as an interactive listening project. Oh, that's close, neat. Close your like eyes that. and uh, turn off turn off your phone and, and close close the blinds <laughs> and just imagine a world where stuff coming out of the ground doesn't cast shadows against the sun unless it is of a certain height. Apparently, street lights and, and old abandoned train cars <laughs> don't cast shadows, but and trees the do. It kind of looks like old wrinkled skin. Yeah, mm. the ground looks like ball sack. It is like the- walking <laughs> on a giant ball sack. <laughs> that ground actually looks like a texture that I sincerely think is from Roller Coaster Tycoon. <laughs> really? <laughs> I'm not kidding. That looks like the ground texture in an isometric game. It's yeah, look it's, at look it's at the grass. Unnatural. I mean, How all the trees like, are the exact same. It's oh wow, the little this is, specks of grass. They kind of look like freckles. Coming. This looks like this looks like pictures that like a friend that you have that's into Maya and that's like doing classes on on 3D modeling is like, hey like, guys, I think? made this today. This is my first like, toot. I did did a mock up <laughs> in 20 minutes. Like, oh, neat. Yeah, Good job, buddy. There, like, there are um, people on, on this guy's forums who have remade this game in three hours. <laughs> oh, well, man. I'm it has Oculus Rift that support. This is their idea of what the world is going to be like very soon. <laughs> Shadowless. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, no, just it's just like really selective rainy. shadows. It's, it's weird which stuff casts shadows and which doesn't. And you when know you what, see. Though? Sorry yes. to interrupt no, you. No problem, you no problem. Continue with your, your shadows. <laughs> when, when you everyone see, got their money back, right? <laughs> yeah, everyone got refunded. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't say it. No, I, and, yeah. but that's an important thing, because that never happens on Steam. It's really, exactly. really hard to get a refund on Steam. Not even on Steam. How long have people been peddling snake oil and magnetic armbands and what have you, and they never get their money back? Right. It's hard to tell. So these guys got scammed and they got their money back. I call that a win-win. But it's hard well, to tell if, if the guy who made this game is serious. Like, I what if he, what mm. if it is a prankster, a joke? That's what then, I think it is. I think they went into it thinking it was a scam because I read one of the chat transcripts with the guy and another man, and he was laughing it off and saying, "Well, thank you for your job application." When mm. the guy was trying to bring up legitimate criticism, so. I'm pretty sure they went into it thinking, hey, what can we do to trick these people? <laughs> I got it, it this might. animation program. It might be. <laughs> the only thing is, I think I know people who are doing that. Right like, now? Okay, yeah, if you look at my video channel, I did a preview for a game at GDC called Burrito Galaxy that uh-huh. actually is a couple of guys who are very adamantly admitting that they are bullshitting their way <laughs> onto oh, making God. a game on Steam. And it's hilarious. It really is. Because well, unlike this, they actually put time and, and soul into it. Well, but are at they the same- doing it for the purpose of getting people's money? Um, eventually, I, I guess, like, right now, I don't know if it's sold for early access right now, but they did manage to vote it through Greenlight. It's it's a game where you have burrito-based superpowers and move in a dungeon crawler grid-based system <gasps> where you can't really strafe. It, it's, it's interesting because you could totally see how they um, are building it just to make a big joke out of it, but at the same time they're doing it with enough sense of humor to give it a weird appeal. I, yeah, there's so many superpowers a burrito could have. 
Well, superpower burritos aside, <laughs> the, the main point of this, though, is are they doing it to scam people out of their money or are they doing it as like a haha we got this like dumb kind of game on steam well they did charge twenty dollars for it so probably the the latter the former the former i mean the not former? the latter wait, the you're former. admitting that your friends are actively scamming people on steam i don't know if you should oh, wait are you talking podcast. about burrito galaxy or i'm talking about burrito galaxy yes. oh no burrito galaxy they haven't let me let me look it up i don't think they are selling it for early access just yet right but, but like uh, what i'm saying might. is like their intention is to like kind of just get into the system and have a game on Steam, not to get a awful game on Steam and like steal people's money by promising it's something it's not, right? I right. I really think they're just doing it for the sake of the art, man. <laughs> Dude, bro, it's just like a stream of consciousness in video game form, you know? <laughs> I'll take that as a question, Dodge. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's what it Okay, okay, like, no. Well, they, they, the they're not art, selling man. it yet, and the, the the assets are made out of scribbles, but it's like, it's it's cute in a way that your 26.6 is not. And I think, right. I, I don't know, like, there's a difference there when, when someone's being honest about trying to make a comedy game that's yeah. just bullshitting its way through the game development process. Wait, like ja- like, like jazz punk, I guess. Yeah. Oh, oh, wow. Huh, that's Roasting. an interesting... Uh, an interesting Damn. comparison. <laughs> what? It's, it's the same thing. I mean, the game can't be taken seriously. Wait, which game are we talking about? Shaq are we talking about, we're talking about Shaq we're talking about one or two all video games. Oh, I was, right, right, yeah, right. games that are making fun of themselves. Like that one game, Kick Punch, or whatever it was. Dive Kick Puncher? Kick Punch. It's okay. all in the mind. Not proper, you know, the proper. <laughs> you know I, have, I have to say, though, Kick Punch probably sounds like a more interesting game than Dive Kick. But Dive Kick's an actual <laughs> yeah, move. But, like, there's, yeah, that, yeah though, those are the two moves, diving and Everything kicking. about Dive Kick is a joke. And the thing is, you have to be really fucking hardcore to get the jokes. Like, I did not yeah. get many of the jokes, just a few. Like, I didn't learn why salt was, like, a term. I, I knew of salt, but I didn't know the reasoning behind it. Because, you know, like... like being like, salty? Yeah, tears are salty. I didn't know it right. was about tears until I yeah. played Dive Kick. Yeah. But anyways... Um, oh. Also, they tried to build Dive Kick as, like, an actual, legit competitive fighting game. And it did show up at EVO, so apparently it worked! Dive well. Kick or Shaq Fu 2? Which guys do you want to have and uh, develop a TOVG fighting game community around samurai gun <laughs> hmm. you're not not n- dive n- kick. N- neither that's neither none of the neither above and definitively samurai gun okay so um <laughs> jimmy i got a weird question for you what is your weird question george do we have time to hurry up and talk about towns before the break we do have time to hurry up and talk about towns before the break there's an early access game called towns that has ceased its official development before completion it was a city building game plus rpg kind of like dwarf fortress but built to be more accessible and it started as a one-man project named zavi it ended up peaking to popularity fairly quickly back in 2012 selling 200,000 right. copies for revenue in excess of 2 million he hired on another guy to finish the game with him he ended up backing out of the project with his money while giving this guy a 15% cut of new sales after its popularity has peaked. The new guy can't keep up with the work and can't make enough money from the work to support himself and he's backing out. The fans are super angry that they're not seeing this game being completed and um, that's a thing that happened. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty terrible. Um, I have to say, I did download this game on a free weekend back when it was peaking in popularity. How was it? I was really... I was, it was actually, okay, if you like Dwarf Fortress, this is literally more accessible Dwarf Fortress. Okay. Like, to a T. It's like, 
isometric i think it's isometric or it's like a 3d like from an angle view at the ground but and it like it was dwarf fortress with graphics and like with easy to play stuff that you don't have to like dwarf fortress look with up graphics. on a tutorial the people want right. that the people demand that but tell me it's jimmy that, I mean, how, how was it technically it was difficult because it was just like dwarf fortress well, I, but like I don't know. glitches like crashes I, that sort of thing happen I honestly, I didn't play long enough to experience anything like that. The game seemed pretty far along. You were able to do quite a few things at the time that I downloaded it, which was quite a while ago. It was right when it was peaking in popularity. But that being said, I wouldn't have paid for it at the time because it didn't seem like a game that had any sort of direction, you know, kind of like like alpha minecraft and that's like, how a lot of these early access games begin they begin as like ideas about some core concepts that right. don't often times end up feeling elegant in execution yeah. and I, I guess another layer to add to it is the uncertainty of knowing whether or not it'll end up being completed after all because in actual triple a game developments scrapped projects are a huge thing people have a huge fascination with cut content deleted scenes and and canceled mm. video games but as content yeah. creators i'm sure we all know that things get tossed for good reason sometimes sometimes <laughs> not but it's <laughs> it's just interesting to um see how how excited people get about an idea and how they don't I guess, kind of mentally protect themselves against the disappointment of ideas that seem cool not actually being cool. Well, right, right. Jimmy mentioned Minecraft earlier, and I, I don't know if I could say it because I'm not sure, but I, I guess it's one of the most successful alpha releases of all time. And we oh, were yeah, playing totally. this really expensive convention while they were still in alpha. <laughs> and I think yeah. that maybe that's encourages some people because notch he wasn't at the beginning he was he was just doing it on the side he still had a job right. and some of these people they they see an example like that and they think oh yeah i can go out and do it but then when they have unprecedented sales and people reporting bugs right and left i mean i felt sorry for the guy when he explained how burnt out he was getting right on, yeah, on the forum and Another thing I to worry about is success because mm. things get successful. Well, most things get successful in peaks. Like they sell yeah. well for like a few months and then peter off. Like most AAA right. games make 90% of their revenue in the first month. So yeah. right. when you no longer have the invisible hand of capitalism guiding your project along before its completion, you have less of an incentive to complete it. So then in this case, where after earning his $2 million, like how, how compelled is he going to be to finish yeah. it in a future where it's not going to be selling that much ever again? Yeah, that's a good point. That is and a good point. Um, building, off of, building off of what Kaitail said, it might also be like, con, like a, con, uh, excuse me, a contribution to this sort of mindset of like, you know, early access and making the money fast and like mm -hmm. getting successful and stuff could also be like contributed to by stuff, you know, such as Indie Game the Movie, which I mean, I'm not gonna bash it. I love that movie. Oh, but, but it was at it the was same a time, romance. If you are yeah. an indie developer and you watch the start of that movie and it just shows those like big sweeping, you know, <laughs> like like generalizations of like you know, Minecraft picture, twenty million souls, uh, yeah. limbo yeah, picture, there, five yeah, million souls a and all that. Appeal in that yeah. And it's like it's all—it's obviously romanticized and stuff. But if you can't see that, if you can't see past that, then to someone just starting in the industry, they can be like, "Oh wow, 
I could do that. But right. like, it's like the lottery. Not with a level head on their shoulders. <laughs> it is. Like, you have hey, to be a math person. Hey, that that Edmund guy, like, yeah. he won the lottery. So if I pay seven dollars <laughs> a day, I'll get it eventually. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. That's what it is. They should have released like a a sister copy to the indie game movie that just focused on some like really really big investment failures. They talked about it briefly in the movie, but they really overlooked it to the point where. The first thing yeah. I thought after watching it was, well, what about the guys who don't make it? Right, like Limbo. Yeah. Limbo lost as much as they made. They literally broke even. They oh, broke yeah. even, and I that didn't game was that. in development for like almost a like a decade, I think. <laughs> for a and long they played time. it off as a success story. That's really um, yeah. dishonest. Yeah, that's odd. the funny thing is, is I I picked up the special edition of. Um, I was slightly disappointed movie. with that. I was thinking about that in the I, shower today. I don't think I was. I wasn't disappointed at all. Um, because they did have the like non-success stories in in right, the right, special right, features right yeah they had guys cool. like the guy who made um oh, what was that game it it's like a 2d side scroller and it just is like a story like you don't really like quote unquote play and he got a lot of backlash because it was like not a game you know one of those whole stories right. and like they were interviewing the guy out of his house and it just kind of like didn't look run down but it obviously like it wasn't like the post success interviews with Ed and Tommy where they're like, I bought my mom a car and all <laughs> right. that stuff. Yeah, it was I didn't just like, like that shift in message. I mean, to be fair, it's a prologue yeah. and they probably put it like I'm not going to hold the bonus content to the same standard as the main piece. However, right. I'm tempted to because there was a decision to release it and it wasn't required. And it's right. the focus just seemed and they got the money. Yeah, <laughs> it was well, just like, like, all right, like, like obviously there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with I like with viewing their success story and telling it because they did tell the hardships of like you know Ed and Tommy and of Phil and all yeah. that stuff and um, it's just like in the special features you can even look at like the guy who made Spelunky and stuff like there's a bunch of guys who made a bunch of games that they interview and they're not like you know million copies sold developers and they right. like you can tell just by the environment they're being interviewed in which is usually their house that it's like these are just you know still average people who are not you know on the fast track to like big success and without seeing that and just seeing the main movie it could paint it in a light where it's like oh make a game big success yeah like i don't know yeah kind of weird but it we is. all know, like, I, I don't know if if you guys are signed up for PR lists, but a lot more <laughs> games come out than people realize. I know it's weird oh, yeah. scarcity. Like, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of failures too. Yeah. Yeah. And and I get shit all the time for stuff that I don't. Ah, God, I hate saying it, but I literally don't have the time to cover it all. And a lot of stuff that I see, it just doesn't look interesting enough for me want to cover. And that's most of what comes in my inbox. And I don't know. Yeah. I, it's it's a much there are a lot more wide eyed, idealistic indie developers trying to earn their own fortune than than that movie was um Covering and there's some and, really good ones too. I mean, just yeah. I have one friend in California, and she's been working on this amazing, sort of fictional American Revolution era Japanese RPG. Wow, and that sounds it's, wacky. It's amazing. It's called Americana. I keep telling her when you put the Kickstarter up, let me know so I can promote this. But she's just she can't do anything with it because she doesn't have funding, and that's so sad to me because it's so creative and innovative, and that's what I really want to see, but. Unfortunately, how's that going to happen? Unless a JRPG you know. in the American Revolution yes. would work way better than like a real-time action game, Assassin's well, Creed uh, Three in the American yeah. Revolution. 
Obviously, what she should do is um, release the pre-alpha of the game for early access on Steam and charge forty dollars for it. <laughs> that model works so well. Maybe finish the game within the next two years yeah, and after, maybe just stop. After she makes her jillions from having a really cool idea, she can just stop because she made yeah. her jillions already. Exactly. <laughs> All the jillions. Ah, that's really sad. Yeah. How weird? How jillions. weird would it be if Kite Tail's friend was named Jillian? Jillian made her Jillians. Well, she didn't want oh, me to no. mention her name, but <laughs> is it? Are we right? No. Jillian. Yeah, like once you said that, I was like, "Oh God, we actually got it." That's Would you say cool. the chances of that are one out of a Jillian? Yes. Yeah. Wow, you're the jokes. Keep them coming. Later, man. I think I think with that terrible pun uh, would be a great time to take our commercial break of the podcast. And make our we thank you all for listening. And I uh, hope you've been enjoying it this far. And we'll see you guys in just a minute. Time to earn Jillian's. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, what's up? This is Gerard Dragon Rider Khalil, as most of you know as The Completionist or as That One Video Gamer, letting you guys know that we have brand new t shirts available now at The Yeti. That's theyeti.com slash that one video gamer. We got two t shirts right now available ready for you to purchase today for 17 bucks each. The first is Complete It in the style of the Red Campaign uh, from a few years back, and the all new Embrace Your Beard Final Fantasy VII Crisis Core inspired t shirt, which features myself with my massive beard and this gigantic sword. So, for 17 bucks, theyeti.com slash thatonevideogamer, you can get these shirts. They're available! They're available only for a little bit more, so be sure to get them sooner rather than later. Alright guys, keep completing some games. Hey everybody, this is Vernon Shaw from Hot Pepper Gaming. Ignore the two chains beat in the background. For some reason, I promised Alex I would put that in there. Anyway, I'm here to talk to you guys today about Scare to Care. Scare to Care is Hot Pepper Gaming's annual charity fundraiser to support Camp Kesem, an organization that puts on yearly summer camps for the children of cancer patients. It's a really important thing to all of us at Scare to Care, and we're really excited to do this. It's actually, it existed before Hot Pepper Gaming did. So this is our fourth year putting it on. And it's going to be even bigger and better than last year. What it is is a 48-hour live stream of horror video games on twitch.tv slash scare to care. There are plenty of special guests, plenty of prizes that we get to give away, and plenty of scares and sleep deprivation. It is just a 48-hour party slash sleepover that we want you all to come to. So go to twitch.tv slash scare to care to check it out. It's May 23rd through 25th, starting at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Have fun. Hello and welcome to the TOVG podcast, your Jillion Dollar podcast with Jillion Dollar production <laughs> values. In Great. the background right now, we have uh, DJ Shaq Fu spitting <laughs> it out on the on the turntables. We um, have our diamond encrusted microphones with our with our monster cables hooked up to our monitors here, and we are talking about bad things to do with your money because uh, we're qualified. Um, but I think. I think we've kind of sort of wrapped up the uh, the biggest, importantest stories about the crowdfunding conundrums of this week. There were mm -hmm. a few of those, and I mean, you, you can't cover them all in, in just 30 minutes, but there right, are right. also some absolutely hilarious stuff that has happened that don't fit the theme that we will talk about now. The first uh, of which is that, uh, hey, Jimmy, you like Pokemon, right? I love Pokemon. Did you know? 
the I did. Pokemon Omega Ruby and I do know Lucifer. that. I'm aware. Uh, Ernst Turler. The funniest thing, the funniest thing about Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire being announced was the people tweeting at me like, "Did you hear about this?" And it's like, like mind blowing, like incredible news. <laughs> like, absolutely it's just, blown away by this footage here. I, I just, it's, it's like, it's just so funny uh, that like that w- the one scene play. in 2001 was my reaction to the reveal trailer. <laughs> I found it, myself just, swept away. It was just so funny because like. I, I just try and like rationalize the thought process of these people. Like, if if I, Jimmy, editor of the Dex Pokemon show, am at a computer, how, why would I see your tweet before I see the fact that Ruby and Sapphire are announced? Like, I don't know. I just I always find that funny. Like, I, don't I know, know that that they're announced. I don't yeah, know what it's like being a Pokemon fan. So, um, forgive my complete and utter sarcasm back then. I don't know if I, if you, as a legitimate Pokemon fan, took offense to it or not, but uh. No, I the, did not. The trailers, they uh, the two trailers that were shown off this week, right? They they looked a bit uh, a bit silly to me. Okay, a well, bit, here's uh, a bit silly. Let, okay, let me first say that the only time you offended me with Pokemon stuff is when the Smash trailer or the Smash Direct was out, and you're like, "What's a Greninja?" That's the is only that time you ever offended me. It's what not, is a Greninja? The Gecko Frog. It is. Oh my god! I, I just think like. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! I don't know. I don't know. I just felt like you could have Googled it in like two seconds and found out what a Greninja <laughs> and, and is I instead did, of just subtweeting about know. it. <laughs> anyway, though, I just wanted to bring that up because you said I'm sorry for offending you. So you're you're forgiven. Yes. <laughs> I guess, so that trailer. I'm not really a Pokemon fan either, though. Uh, okay, Satchel, well, are you a Pokemon fan? Um, I, yes, I enjoy the idea of Pokemon. Mm, we are evenly split here. Well, uh, enjoying the idea of Pokemon is different from being on a Jimmy level of, of I'm not on a Jimmy level of Pokemon, but I do yeah, still I mean, enjoy, I mean, I'm playing through Yellow <laughs> right now. Um, well, not right, right now, but you know, like I'm playing through, but, I, but to be fair, I haven't really dove beyond, well, I guess. June 1? No, okay, I, was, well, I was done after actually, Hey Pikachu. Yeah, well, I did play. Mm-hmm. That's not fair. I did play uh, black, That's black not and a white two, and uh, what's the most recent? Oh, I have X. Yeah, X and Y. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pokemon boy and girl. <laughs> um, no, that's double X and X and Y. That's what Ayo. they're gonna have to do next if they keep running out of names. Pokemon double X. Yeah, no. Okay, instead of doing only. precious metals, they'll do genders. It'll be Pokemon, <laughs> and that'll cause a shitstorm. Pokemon okay, boy edition, Pokemon about, girl edition. Can we talk about their stellar <laughs> video production standards of producing a <laughs> epic trailer? It was, okay, uh, I was sold on the rumbling. <laughs> as as a Pokemon fan, extremely excited that the Ruby and Sapphire remakes were announced. But I will agree on all fronts that the video that was the announcement where it was just like like Pikachu walks in it's like Pika and then like all of a sudden it's like boom and then like there's, like, box there's like a screenshot and then boom there's another one and no, then not even a screenshot are coming out like, November. you're talking box about art. the gameplay reveal yeah there was one no, no, before no, no. that that was just box art yeah no, no the box art one which, okay I will, I will play both sides of this on <laughs> one they definitely should have had music in it why would there why was there no music <laughs> I like that's that just, right. that just, just like, crackling and rumbling okay I'm a video editor <laughs> 
these are the things that I notice. So when I see a thing and it's just like, boom, it's out in November. I'm like, okay, cool. You couldn't have been like, like that would have been great. I would have been fine with that. It's just an announcement video. It's not like, it's not like this is coming out next month. Check out all this cool gameplay. However, in the gameplay thing that they did, they, I think, intentionally misled everybody into thinking that they were showing playing the game, which is gameplay, right. and instead showed two semi-finished cutscene moments, mm-hmm. which is like, I I was happy to see some of the game. However, it was not being demo. played. Right. Yeah. Quote unquote. So, I don't know. Um, but I don't there know. was the I byline mean, that said rendered in-engine. Oh yeah, and then that just blow you away too. <laughs> yeah, but like, like that, even that, then, that it just engine. looked as good as yeah. X and Y. Like it's not Nothing really surprising. To write home about right. Yeah, those but trailers were I, euphemism I for you know this, you want this, <laughs> pretty much. Buy pretty this much. and tweet about it. It's a teaser, well, and well, it's um, exactly yeah. like the Call of Duty one. Yeah, yeah. they yeah. do this with a lot of franchises. I feel like. It was just a bit sillier watching it happen to Pokemon. Like, usually it's some really dramatic, dark thing. Like, the Godzilla trailer, where it was... The, <laughs> right. no, the Godzilla teaser, let me correct. Where it was just, like, worried people. Yeah. And then yes! dust. And yes! then Godzilla <laughs> slamming yes! on the screen. Yeah. Versus Pokemon, where they, like, yes! rumble and slam box art on the screen. Like, that's even less to work with. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, people. I think the reason that they got it, that they can get away with that, is because people have been making the joke for so long hoenn confirmed which means uh like everybody's predicting that there was going to be gen 3 remakes which is ruby and sapphire and so the fact that they are making gen 3 remakes is big news to a lot of people because it confirms that they're not making you know an x and y direct sequel like x and y2 or a z version they're making you know omega ruby and alpha sapphire so on one hand it's big on the other hand the production values of both videos was incredibly well made lackluster (laughs) I love it. I freaking love that. Exactly as whelmed as 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 it came off. I am yeah. I am I am more whelmed these days than I am underwhelmed or overwhelmed. Yeah. I would say I was quite overwhelmed in two thousand five with good games, and in two thousand nine I was underwhelmed, but right. this year is this is a nice whelming year. Whelm period. It's a season of whelms. Yes. We're having I haven't a whelm season. Yet. Well, I'm st- what is the Tomodachi oh. life? Oh yeah, the Tomodachi life. I am excited life. for that. Mm, well, you're gonna have to uh, gonna have to put up with some with some straight white male bullshit. Oh really? Is that wow. what Damn you thought? Yeah. You're gonna have to get you're gonna have to get stomped on by by the hegemony. <laughs> okay. Um. <laughs> where is this going? I don't know. I the I just oh, want to run I with didn't Link put on it the on the list. I didn't put it on the list. Shit. Okay. Later, man. There was um some controversy this week regarding <laughs> Nintendo <laughs> patching out. Or I I guess I'm really sad that I didn't put it on the list now because now I can't remember if they patched out same-sex relationships in Tom- Tomodochi life or if they simply unincluded it. Because I'm um, pretty sure it was just unincluded. Hang as far on. as I know. Hang on. Nintendo Tomodachi life. But uh, yeah, as as a Nintendo fan, how do we right. how do Whoa. we feel about this? Um, you mean them not including same sex marriage? Yeah, or same sex relationships? And I and, say. and more or less like their response to it as well. Like they they took it out because they didn't want to make a political statement. Okay. Um. Yeah. Well. Okay. I've read a couple things like that, and it's just I read the response, which is that 
opting to not take a political statement is pretty much taking a political stance on something. So I don't know, like, I I am not a, a gay person and I, so it doesn't, you know, I'm not gonna say it doesn't apply to me, but like, it doesn't hit me as hard as it would hit someone who it more applies to. Right. But I think it's dumb that they didn't include it. I think it's like, I not understandable, but I think it makes sense what with Japan, you know, not legalizing gay marriage and that's a Japan-based game. But I'm not being apologetic for them because I think it's dumb and they should get with the times. Okay. Yeah, especially I'm, if they're not, trying sorry. to appeal... Oh, sorry. Oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I'm not sure if this is something I just heard or something that is not true, but... I, I kind of remember something about Nintendo saying that they're going to start paying more attention to their North American fan base. Does that sound familiar at all? Kind of. Uh, kind of, yeah. Like, like they're totally that... doing it with Smash. Right. Oh, are they? Yeah, the well, Invitational. Well, they got Little Mac instead of Captain Rainbow in, and they added a competitive mode for... Well, I don't um... even agree with what they're doing with Smash. Releasing on the 3DS before the Wii U. That's really weird. Well, they're two different games. Well, I don't know. Smash I mean, you'd think <laughs> they would want to appeal more to North American standards of being inclusive and including everybody. Yeah. I, I don't know. So, um, so here's some some news. It turns yeah. out that um, you could have a same-sex relationship in uh, Tomodachi life. Mm-hmm. But it was not originally intended in the game design, and Japanese gamers who have it right now were mm-hmm. able to get it by by exploiting a bug, which got patched out. <laughs> oh wow! And so they patched out that bug, which allowed players to have same sex relationships, and that caused a shitstorm. And I guess considering same sex relationships a bug is is kind of an interesting way of framing game design that uh, also sort of says some weird things with that language all of its own that uh I'm sure we find fairly interesting. Well, I don't I don't know. I mean, this seems like we're getting a little far. I mean, I'm I'm not gay, so maybe this this kind of colors my opinion in a weird way, but it almost seems like decisions like that are really up to the volition of the creator. And that's not to that's not to err on the side of my creative vision, bro. Like it's not to, you know, like it's not some caricature of some granola dude, but it's actually a created thing by a person who should have full control over whether it has it or not. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a statement over the validity of homosexuality or not. That seems like a weird thing to say. Like the yeah. validity yeah, of homosexuality. Yeah, the validity of like it's. I don't even know what that. I don't even know what that means. And I think that it felt that, weird to call it a bug just now. Like that felt really yeah, weird. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, this is. Um, I guess this is why people really, really caused a shitstorm over it because the way they're framing this issue is incredibly weird. Yeah. I mean, it's not something that a lot of games topics deal with. You know. Yeah. The Sims handled it quite well. Well, okay, but, like, The Sims handled it how The Sims handled it, but, like, the sheer events that led up to all this, like, the fact that it was a bug that allowed it to be, you know, in the, existing in the first place, and the fact that they patched it out, like, that right there is already, a, like, a unique enough situation to where there's no real, like, previous thing for anybody to draw on to, like, form opinions from, and this is, like, everybody like first impressioning on this because this is kind of the first time this has really happened 
And I also can't say that I'm coming from it from an informed opinion because I haven't researched that much in the game, mm. and I don't know how it plays compared to The Sims. Mm. Right. I've never, like, that's it's, true. It's I know almost one nothing thing about to complain about The Sims patching out same-sex relationships, but it, it's another thing to patch it out of like a, a story-driven dating simulator that is like meticulously written to to have same-sex relationships. I I don't know what kind of game it's like, so I can't really um assume how how intrinsic to the game design the kind of relationship the player has is. Yeah. Right. I don't know. Very weird. So, how much do we know about this game anyway? Because um, apparently it's out in Japan, so apparently we should know a lot. But I remember only hearing <laughs> about it like maybe two months ago. I just liked the trailer. And the trailer was, that the was, one with was cute. Yes, yeah. my body is Reggie. Oh, <laughs> I wonder if you boy. can if you can have a relationship with Reggie. I doubt and it. Oh, now I want same sex. I want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I will make a girl character. To have no, I won't. <laughs> what, am I, what am I doing? <clears throat> very, very compelling conversation. So, speaking of compelling conversations about same-sex relationships, The Sims Four is going to be getting an adults-only rating in Russia. Great. Russia does not have a like traditional games rating system, to the best of my knowledge. I tried looking one up. I could not find one. If I am wrong, and I may be wrong, because I can't call myself an expert on the gaming industry in Russia, but it seems like you basically get an 18-plus stamp on your medium media, or you don't. And The Sims 4 is going to be getting an 18-plus stamp, and therefore be illegal to sell to minors. But it's Russia, so piracy. I thought The Sims was already rated M for some reason. No, no, it's oh, no. Yeah, The Sims is like what about wholesome. The glitch where you can take off the bed sheets. Oh, there's no sex. Like, I just assume there was sex in The Sims. Is that another thing? Is that there, a thing? No, there's there, well, there's. no, there is. Yeah, but I thought it was very vocal and I, mature. As far as I remember, sex in The Sims was as much as like you select like the the option to have a baby and then they get to a bed and a baby appears. I, yeah. Maybe I haven't played it's, a recent It's kind of like that and it's also framed in like a really is there comical, innuendo? satirical... Cre- yes. Okay, yes. Yeah, there we go. It, it is There's all innuendo. There's and meowing. Yeah, see, like that, that, um, it makes it cartoony. Mm. I thought that would, I thought that would be M though for, I mean, oh, considering no. the way America is so... No, The Sims is like, I've always considered The Sims to be like super progressive about when it comes to to talking with kids about how how (laughs) sex and relationship works. Because like there's a a one kid friendly medium that's very popular across kids on both genders that kind of sort of frames it in a way that isn't inherently offensive to anybody or inclusive or exclusive to anybody that. um, That's true. mm -hmm. Yeah, like yeah. like speaking of same-sex relationships in The Sims, like the concept of of sexual orientation even doesn't exist in The Sims. Yeah, you're you're just slide on a straight linear scale from friendship to romance, depending on whichever kind of characters you you want to hook up with. It doesn't it doesn't care, which which is weird in and of itself. But at the same time, like this is it. We we live in a really sexually puritan country, so it's kind of yeah. weird to see a product like that have such mainstream success when it is so open about sexuality. Yeah, yeah I never really thought about it like that. Yeah. Interesting. Anyways, well. <laughs> <laughs> that was some pretty heavy topics. Yeah. Not something we usually cover on. TV you know what's but- not heavy? 
is uh, um is war and people dying with violence <laughs> oh, in geez. in the post-apocalyptic Later, future man. no touche touche so good call sir. of duty call of duty <laughs> advanced warfare right. was announced and it is a hilarious good time yeah. it is a rollicking party and i laughed my ass off at this trailer and yeah. uh the name i felt like i was watching is, a michael bay movie yeah well, well that's like totally the idea as well right. yeah, yeah. I, uh, I I will weigh in on the positive that I think the whole Kevin Spacey thing is really cool. Agreed. I like that they're like I like as a as a fan of House of Cards. I like that it's like his character from House of Cards, and they kind of play on the fact that his character in House of Cards plays Call of Duty like in the show, and they so I don't know. I thought that was kind of cool. However, I'm never too hyped up about a new Call of Duty game, and the name is absolutely preposterously it's, it's, bad. It's it's almost comedy. If I think Kevin that's Spacey how were in Call Tomodachi of Duty works life, best. I would vote for same-sex attractions. <laughs> Just as a side So what note. if there's going to be a scene... <laughs> what if there's going to be a scene in Call of Duty Advanced Warfare where Kevin Spacey sits on the couch and, and plays Call of Duty Advanced Warfare... That would be too much. ...as Kevin Spacey... Oh, I was, I was hoping you were going to say he pulled out his Game Boy Advance and played Advance Wars. I, I was, was hoping... <laughs> I was so hoping you, you were have... going to say... That he has a same-sex relationship with Reggie Fizeme <laughs> in, in Call of Duty. Maybe how how soon hey, is it going to be? That would be before? way more innovative than what they showed in the trailer. This is very true. Honestly, I mean, yeah. what's the I mean, most yeah. high-tech thing they showed? Those cat clubs climbing up the wall because Super Mario 3D World did that first, <laughs> and they did oh, a it's not the same. Too oh sure. my gosh, I'm a cat. It just. Glass, speaking of which, like speaking of of me being weirded out by baby Rosalina, I was also kind Great. of weirded out by those cat suits to a certain certain. Oh, you don't like I don't, it? I don't, no, I, it's not that. It's fucking awesome. But it's something against furries, bro. Something against furries, bro. Wait, wait, hold on. Let's not go down this road right now. Um, let's not go down this road. The furry road. You have something against furries? Speaking of war. <laughs> Star Wars Battlefront 2 will be losing <laughs> online functionality May 31st. Was it worth it? Yeah, it, it will. That's actually really sad because I just bought this game on sale on Steam like a month ago. I know, I right? I only played it once. I was Darth It's Vader. not bad. Battlefront 2 was literally, I can chalk up to like one of the all-time greatest bonding moments with my brother Aww. like seriously it was really fun local multiplayer because it had crazy bot options which you don't see very yeah. often well, what is yeah. the problem are they just taking it offline so that you can't even get around because it sounded like people were finding loopholes to playing it online no, pe through... people are but the official multiplayer support is being dropped because it's supported by GameSpy, and GameSpy right. as a company has fallen on hard times over the past two years and are having to phase out its services um, yeah. And Battlefront 2, actually, like, this was last week's news, but this week they released a really long list of other games that included, including, like, classic Battlefield games. Oh, gosh. Yeah, um, okay, so GameSpy provided a server where it would update a master list of dedicated servers for both PC and console versions. This affects console games as well. Like, I think, um, Red Dead and Grand Theft Auto were using the same service that Battlefront 2 does. Oh wow! On consoles, hmm. that Battlefront Two is yeah, GameSpy. GameSpy is the name of the yeah. service, <laughs> and um, so a lot of companies are switching over to a different means of supporting their old games, and a lot of companies aren't. 
and mm-hmm. EA is one company that is not. Battlefront 2 is losing official support for its online multiplayer, so it's up to the fans now to kind of come up with their own service to um, mitigate their losses. Well, I mean, so I'm gonna sure start a Patreon that... for the servers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that that all the really hardcore Battlefront 2, you know, multiplayer guys are probably gonna f- make themselves a community on Hamachi and just or you know whatever, uh, like l- Ooh, yeah, something like that to like. Sorry. <laughs> game and they're yeah. Game I, I feel like it's just gonna be fine. Game Ranger is the name of the service, but I mean, I don't know if it's going to be fine because that's like a whole lot of loops that you have to jump through. Like, I think the way Game Ranger works is um, you launch the game through a third party application, Uh which is a huge loop for for the average consumer. I mean, I'm sure us super informed podcast video game people (laughs) won't have a problem with it. What is the reason for taking it offline? Does it have something to do with like operating costs? I I, yeah, I I would assume so. Games by... Are they losing down. more money than they're getting? Apparently so. Like, Hang on I a second. I really can't say, well, the game deserves to exist forever. It's just another form of entertainment in a way. Unlike a book or a DVD where you have something physical, if you buy something once and then you just expect to have access to it for the rest of your life. Yeah, and that's really interesting to think about the tangibility of a product that... um that is supported by its connectivity to the internet. Like, I know it's really hard to get Quake running nowadays, even though there is a large (laughs) online community. You have to jump through hoops to do it, and it can be hard to figure out. I've done it before and then forgot, because there are a lot of steps involved. Yeah, I have a friend who's still a part of uh, of the online marathon community. Oh my gosh, is that a thing? Yeah, there's. he said he hasn't checked in for like a year, and he checked in recently, and there's about 10 people who still go and play Marathon and make maps and stuff. Do they have to talk to each other? And <laughs> I like, mean, it must be so weird to be one of 10. Of yeah, it's, anything. it's very weird. Also, um, I mean, it just kind of lines up as well that the original Wii and the original DS online services are also oh, going yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. Right, and yeah. Well, that's fine. That won't be missed. <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, who really played Ball Exactly. Online? But people did play Mario Kart. Eh, yeah. That's fine. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. I guess... Online service is going away. I, I never really thought about this before. Does that make me a horrible, naive person? That the Wii and the Wii competitive DS? online and, play? And the GameSpot... And, and the GameSpot... Or just... Having like faith in, in the longevity, yeah. Having faith in the longevity of multiplayer games. Did I, did I do something wrong to put faith in that? I don't know. It seems really disappointing that I'm not going to be able to load up Battlefield 2 ever again and experience it the same way it was supposed to be. I, Unless you it's want not to pay a subscription way. fee for it. I mean, how would you feel if they said, "Well, we'll keep it running if you pay five dollars a month"? Yeah. There are subscription-based MMOs that have lasted. That have had shorter lifespans than FPSs yeah. that use GameSpy to refresh like, a master um, server what was list. The Star Wars one that failed miserably. Knights of the Old Star Republic. Wars, no, no, Galaxies, or the Old one Republic. that they changed oh. to pay to play. Old Republic. Yes. Right. Star Wars: The Old I Republic. Think it, yeah. I played that for a little while. I'm still but trying to get on Fantasy terrible. Star Online. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, like, okay, I don't think that you're you're like ignorant or anything for putting like hope in that i guess maybe this is just me i was kind of raised like my pc gaming life started with 
with uh, Blizzard games. So like, oh. I mean, they're still running the uh, the Diablo two servers, as far as I know. Like, you can still play that. You can still play Warcraft three if you want, and those are ancient games. So you can play them on I'm, dedicated servers. Uh, Diablo two, you can. Oh, I didn't I'm know on, that. I'm, yeah, I've I've played it recently, but it was over just local. Yeah, I mean, like, it's not games that I'd want to play particularly, <laughs> but, like, you can. And maybe it's just because Blizzard's such a huge company and they can do that. I see that. That I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I don't, if they... Or there's a Korean server somewhere. If people somewhere. still have a way to play it, even though they are going through loopholes, that would be a lot better than just saying, well, the game will never be playable again. At least you can, yeah, it may take a little longer to be able to get that functionality, but... I mean, I guess they, I, in my opinion of what's going on, I feel like there w- isn't a big enough community for all of these games that are going offline yeah. for them to warrant even like making a note about it. Like, I mean, if the, if the marathon servers, like if, if, and when those ever existed went down, like I doubt that they, that Bungie at the time was like, I'm sorry, marathon guys. <laughs> Cause it was like 40 people. Like, Aww. so I mean, not that it doesn't matter, but on a company yeah, level, definitely. it doesn't really matter. What it's about the re-releases? <laughs> yeah. They um, remade, well, didn't remake, they kind of re-released a new version of um, Duke Nukem 3D for Steamworks that uses Steamworks to have uh, your old multiplayer games working right out of the gate. And hmm. I guess the disadvantage of that is that the company still has to be around. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Later, man. <laughs> Well, I think we've gone on long enough about news and kickstarting and funding and stuff, so I think we should bring this podcast to a close. What do you say, George? I say that sounds reasonable. Thanks to all of you listening, and remember that you can find us on YouTube at our respective channels. Maybe we should go over our respective channels one last time. All right, you do the honors. Start us off. I do a channel called Super Bunny Hop that uh, does reviews and editorial type features, sometimes journalistic coverage when I have an event to cover. Uh, I do a channel, uh, youtube.com backslash sundergamer. I, uh, I do regular game reviews, but also I do a show called Levelhead where I examine the level design of games that I really, really like. And I'm really happy with that project, and you should go check it out. You should. It's very excellent. Aw, thanks, Satch. It's, it's not bad. It's a pretty, it's a pretty good channel. That means so much coming from you, George. <laughs> uh, Satchel, yes. what kind of YouTube channel do you make? <laughs> I have a YouTube channel called Satchbags Goods, where I do long, short-form video essays on video games. Uh, I try to make them at the crossroads of art and culture. Oh, the videos themselves are uh, are meeting that criteria. <laughs> oh, cool! Thanks. Aw, compliments all around. Kite Tales, what kind of channel do you make? (laughs) I have a variety channel. My one project that I'm trying to uh, spearhead, though, is called What a Character, and it's a character spotlight about video game characters that we love. It's not so much an analysis as it is just a chance for them to shine. And it's awesome. It's very awesome. It's adorable. I want to do... um, (laughs) videos with all of you guys one day no i'm down yep down too. definitively nice that's 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 what we're here for together (laughs) as as tavg for tavg Tavg. Tavg. sounds (laughs) every week 
<laughs> every week you can find us on the Tavga homepage. On the, we, no, uh, and there has to be an accent with it. You can find us on the Tavga, Tavga homepage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, a very, it's a very Arnold Schwarzenegger-esque thing to say. I love so all you gotta Rosalina. do is uh, <laughs> is <laughs> when you're when you're done drawing <laughs> when you're done drawing your baby Rosalina fan art, come over to the top. That sounded oh, like a troll a from World of Warcraft. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, over there on the TOVG homepage, under the features tab, you'll find one of these podcasts every week. And in the meantime, if you have anything you want to say about the topics we discussed, feel free to hop in the forums and have a chat with us. And we will try to be civil. <laughs> we hope to see you there, and we hope to see you next week. Have a good week, everybody. Bye, guys. Bye. 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 Bye.